coming up. And I think that that's what we're missing in, in society is, is, is opportunities to just shake ourselves out of it yeah. and be free. Like, you know, every time I see an open space, I have an urge to do a cartwheel. My life, I've had circumstances where I felt the masculine and the feminine, the masculine and the feminine, but I didn't know what they were. Yeah. I just thought that that was me being hard or soft. There's this thing where people are like, strong black woman, strong black woman, strong black woman. But you think that's an empowering statement, right? But do you know what it is? It's saying that black women are stronger. They don't need the same amount of support and help. Being vulnerable is like a strength. It's saying, I open my heart to you so that you can come in. It's very powerful. If you do that with someone, you've given them quite a big thing. Welcome to the Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. We're on a mission to help those of us who feel way too sad, way too often, remember what it's like to feel alive and 100% yourself again. So whether you're here because you're stressed out, feel like your emotions are constantly hijacking your life, or you've just somehow lost your way, your host, Rachel, has got your back. Let's have all the chats everyone told us not to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like, rebellion. She's a raver, misbehaver, and suicide survivor turned happiness champion. She's on a mission to bring happiness back. Because let's face it, it never really went out of fashion. This podcast may contain content that is triggering for some listeners. If you're sensitive to certain topics, please check the show notes for full episode descriptions. Thank you for having me on. It's great. I'm so happy to have you here. I mean, I guess the beginning, Gina and I met, the very first time we met, um, was that one of my workshops, wasn't it? When I was doing... Uh, no, we met, no, we met doing the chakra, no, we met at a sound bar. Yeah. And then I met, then, oh. then I attended, a, then I attended your chakra course. Of course, it was. And that's so, it, and I remembered you from the chakra, from the, from the. That's it, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot that we met there. God, that was some years back now, wasn't it? It was so, some yeah, years back. That was um, my gong teacher, Cherub. It was one of her um, yeah. gong bars, wasn't yeah. it? And then, yeah, I yeah. was doing the, the chakra course that I was teaching. Um, and through the book club, wasn't it? And so yeah, then, yeah. yeah, oh God. So then, yeah, God, I totally forgot about that. That was really <laughs> good. I'm thinking back now, I'm like, that was a really good gong bath in the arches, wasn't it? Do you remember yeah, it down was. in Haggerston? That's it, yeah. I thought, oh God, that was a really good good event, that. Um, yeah. Apart from, I remember on that particular one, there was a guy, a really, really, really tall guy, who kept nearly kicking me in the head and he snored <laughs> through most of it. And I was like, I was practicing my like, mm, okay, what is this teaching me? <laughs> <laughs> One of those moments, yeah, I love that. What is this teaching me? This has been sent to teach me something, trying to be really sad about it. <laughs> Not to stick next to people who snore. <laughs> <laughs> simple, simple as that yeah that's so funny that's so funny I would love for you to share with yeah. everyone a little bit about your story because I mean your journey has been epic right it includes yeah. everything from homelessness being a, a teen or child parent as you talk about it yeah. um, abusive relationships low self-esteem and then you've just turned into this you know or built yourself into this incredible empowered strong woman who just is luminous I feel like Aww. when I I do like when I you know 
when I spend time with you, I do I feel like super lit up and I think we all need people like that in our life, don't we? When yeah. it's like they give you and then when I heard, you know, read about a bit about your story, I was like, You'd never guess that. You'd never yeah. think you'd yeah, never think yeah. that. So I mean, where did it all start for you? Um, you know what? I think that when I was younger I just um I just wasn't very empowered. I mean, I grew up, I've grown up in a, um, my my heritage is Nigerian. Mm. And when I was growing up as a kid, like, um, you know, that thing where children should be seen and not heard, if they take it to heart, you know, in Nigeria, like, as a child, you're not really, you don't really have a voice, you're not really meant to speak up. And then if you're a woman, that that compounds it. So mm. I was a girl, um, I only have brothers, so... Uh, growing up, I was kind of expected to do like, you know, household chores, cook, you know, just be a bit subservient, you know, mm. very, it's very common. Um, but I don't think, I think my character was always a bit rebellious. <laughs> so I used to, um, used to, I used to, uh, I used to complain to my mum about having to always do all the cooking and cleaning and my brothers didn't do it, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't just accept it. Yeah. And she'd say things to me like, um, you know, when your brothers get older, they're going to marry a wife and she'll do all this stuff. And I was like... That doesn't make it better, Mum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was so confused. I was like, you know, we live in England, right? <laughs> I was like, where? <laughs> you know, but actually, actually they did find some, their partners have been kind of tight in that sense, but mm-hmm. not, uh, that, that's the interesting thing, I guess, if that's the vibration you're on and that's what you believe and you meet people that are like you and then you get married and you're happy, you know, that's fine. But for me, it was always a bit of a challenge. I was always battling against being the youngest, battling against the whatever it was to be a woman. I, I was a bit of a uh, confused feminist when I was younger and um, or, uh, maybe I just didn't understand it properly, but I kind of had an, an, an understanding. Like I knew what it felt, I thought I knew what it felt to be that but not a real understanding. So mm. when they, um, in my school, I went to all girls convent school and they only gave us options, but they gave us options for secretarial work. Right. And I was like, I'm not doing that just because I'm in a girls school, da, 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 da. but I really wish I'd done it because I think I could have got some really good skills. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I'd done it now because I would have learned shorthand. You know, there was, you know, yeah. this is the problem with, with growing up with them um, in a patriarchal society where you're trying to fight for, something but you're not too sure what it is but you, you're a woman and you, and you feel that there's an imbalance somewhere but you don't know what you so you're kind of scrappling around to do things mm. so instead of seeing that course as a good skills set to have mm. I saw it as a because they didn't give us options for men's subjects you see so I was kind of battling against that yeah um and I and I also saw the job of a secretary as something secondary yeah you know what I mean when actually if you look at it I've been a PA and if you're a good PA, you that you can make they, nice you do, money. Yeah, let me tell, and then you make really good money. And also, the person who you're PA for will relies on you so much. It's actually a really, really important role. Yes. But because it's a female role and there's a man at the front, I made it in my young head. I was like, ah, I'm not going to yeah. do that, you know. And I think that's part of the problem. We don't have. This is why I was saying to you the other day about learn, uh, I've really got into learning about the divine masculine and the divine feminine because mm. it's a it's that's what I think is lacking. There's that balance to understand that there's the power in both of them. Yes. Instead of seeing the feminine as the weak and the male as the strong, actually we need both of them. We need the both of them to balance us out because mm. caring side and the logistical side they all they all work together. If you two too much feminine um divinity you can become um 
very subservient. You become become a doormat. You can become um, someone who doesn't stand up for themselves. If you're too much of the divine masculine, you become a, a bully, maybe, you know, too strict, too rigid, you know? Mm-hmm. So what you need is a balance. You need the balance between the two. So I'm, I've become very, very passionate about that over the last sort of, I don't know, maybe, I think it's been evolving to that. I think my journey has evolved to this. That's what I mm-hmm. think has actually happened. Because when I first, um, as I said, I was like, well, I was, a, I was a, I was saying to you the other day, like people say um, teen mom or they say young mom, but it's your child. You're a child. You're a child parent. Mm. You know, it's a bit like it's a bit like when they stopped saying, um, like a child could be sexually assaulted. They can't. They 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 be they abused. Yeah. I mean, they don't have. The, it's There's not the no same. There's no autonomy there. They were child. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's a bit like that. So it's like. Coming into coming coming into my own in this way was being being a, a child mum is is actually a, and I think they need to re, I think they need to say you're a child parent like stop mm. saying teen mum unless you're like nineteen you know that that older side maybe but if you've had a child under the age of eighteen you're a child parent mm. that's it like don't make it any different because it's it's it. You don't know at the time because you're old enough to have a child. So you feel really grown up. Yeah. You feel really grown. But actually, you don't even know who you are as an adult yet. You're still arguing with your parents over things. Do you get what I mean? You're still, you're still <laughs> feeling the injustice. <laughs> you're still feeling the injustice of, of being a teenager in your household. Yeah, and you're having a child. And you're having a child. Some 30-year-old parents still argue with their parents. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true because me and my son were talking about this the other day, and he was saying, "My both me, both my son and my daughter at some stage we've had conversations, and they've said to me, I 'I don't know, mum. I don't know how you. I, I don't know.' They they like I couldn't have a child. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like looking at their lives now because my daughter's twenty six, my son's thirty, and they're yeah. going, I couldn't even imagine like, and, they, and then they're remembering because I remember when my son, he was about, he, he must have been sixteen, just turned seventeen. And I went into his room and I looked at him and it dawned on me how much of a baby I was mm. when I had him. I was like, oh my God, please don't have any children. Yep. Can't even find your socks in yeah. much less take on a life. But that's where I was, you know, yeah. it's, it's bizarre. Did you find, because mm. I, I've noticed this with some of my clients in when we do therapy and things like that, and it seems quite common, like a lot of the research that I've done in this area, that when people's children become an age <coughs> of an experience that they had that was adverse in some way, shape or mm. form, they find mm. it very triggering and very like, oh, wow, hang on a second. You know, so for example... Um, I don't know how old you were when you uh, became a parent. Fifteen. I was, uh, my, I was sixteen, 16. and then he was he was born in February, and then I turned seventeen in the July. So wow, okay, it was in my seventeenth so, year, but sixteen. Yeah, so when he turned sixteen, was that quite, you know, because yeah. then being able to see him from that perspective as you now being a, an adult mm. and in your thirties, and and him being sixteen, and you being like, oh wow, like I remember. Um, looking at my friend's kids, you know, when they turned sort of like 12, 13 or something like that, and me thinking like, oh, my God, I started smoking. Like, mm. you're you're like 
such a little kid and I thought I was like this grown like cool you know yeah 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 <laughs> and I'm like oh my exactly. god I was a exactly. baby exactly uh, and I you know and I remember people and do you know what's really interesting as well because I had my daughter a few years later obviously and I was in my 20s then mm. no 16 yeah yeah so I was like must have been like 2021 20, yeah and um I, the, the, the nurses in the hospital treated me very, I, I felt completely, they treated me quite rudely when I was mm. in my, when I was a teenager. Like, um, looking back on it, they probably were looking at me, looking down on me, you know, thinking, oh, look at this little whatever, whatever. Um, yet my family wasn't anything like that. And it was a big shock to my family for me to do, to do that. Yeah. Um, but when I went, when I went for, when I was pregnant with my daughter and I had to have a cesarean and in them days I used to stay in hospital. So I was in hospital yeah. for five days and um, the the difference, they were so lovely. Mm. I thought, oh. It's that judgment, isn't it? Yeah, they you were know, like, really lovely. Than, Not than... to have a go, but they were awful the time before. They were so rude. I bet. But, you know, as if they were my parent and that, like, it's all right, you know, it's, it's already done. Like the baby's being born now. You lot can get over it. And anyway, you're not my family, so. How about you just treat me like a, a patient? And also, yeah. how about we just go, wow, this woman is pregnant mm. young. She's going to need maybe more support yeah. than, than somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's going to maybe need more help, more respect, more well, they, yeah. to be treated in that way. But no, it's that it's that judgment, isn't it? Of Very like, so, oh, yeah. Uh, as if sex don't exist, you know what I mean? I love yeah. the way people do that. Like, oh, my God, you're allowed to have sex I think that 16. was one of them. That it's was one legal. of the most, yeah, that was the one of the things that was really, that that was, my reaction to that bit is just telling of how young I was. Mm. When I had to tell people that I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, they know I'm having sex. Yeah. And that, so can you see? I needed that, it that once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promise. That's, <laughs> so that's it. So that's the level of my maturity. That when I felt pregnant, I was like, "Oh God, everyone's gonna know I've been having sex." Do you get know what I mean? It, I, I was such a kid. I was still a kid. Like, like who does like grown ups don't think? Oh no, everyone knows I'm having sex. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's just because that just shows how young minded I was, you know. But because it's like having your own, being sexually confident, and um. I don't know what the word is, like sexually, sexually confident, sensual, sexual, like it's mm. something innate in you. Yeah. It's not, it's not outside there. You can't put it on. Mm. And the problem is, um, what I used to see when I used to go out a lot is that women put it on. Mm. They put a fake one on and they go out, but inside they're not even carrying that. So what happens is the vibration that they're really giving out is one of, uh, not of, a sexually confident woman, but in, in a bit insecure, unsure mm. woman trying to please a man, trying to get a man. Not all the time. I'm not judging. I'm not saying it all the time. I'm just saying that if you think about um, how we go out as women sometimes, all the stuff like I get dressed up because I like to dress up. Like I do genuinely like to dress up. And, and if I get compliments for it, then I'm happy for it. But a lot of the times... We are doing stuff because of what we think others will like. Well, this is the thing, right? But, but that's the problem with patriarchal society, right? Mm. And misogyny and yeah. all these these things yeah. is around, you know, are you doing that because 
you feel good yes you absolutely might be or are you doing it because of the male gaze and because we've been taught subconsciously and culturally as women that our lives are easier when we are attractive our lives are easier when we can have the protection potentially and i'm talking i mean obviously again this is like sweeping generalization this is not necessarily true for everybody right but in society as a whole generally life is easier if you're white life is easier if you're pretty life is easier if you're thinner but not but not too thin but you know like (laughs) can't go too far with it but you know life is easier if you're able-bodied life is so then we take in all these narratives and subconsciously we start to really like oh well if i do my hair this way or if i put this lipstick on or if i lift my bust a bit or if i cinch my waist a little bit if my if i can build my you know like now Mm. i'm loving life now when i was growing up having this big ass and these thighs was not in fashion (laughs) but now i'm like yes it's took me 20 years to get this button fashion but i'm owning it now (laughs) i'm telling you when i was young i used to be in heavily into athletics and i i've still got very muscular legs because i cycle now anyway Mm. but um i used to hate my legs i used to hate Mm, my legs because they were so muscular and I, st- they were so, they- and, they- and they, and obviously I was, I was training then, so they were like, just so cut, you know, that you could yeah. see all the muscles. And I used to hate, and the boys used to be like, oh, Ra, look at her legs, da, da, da. she's got bigger legs than me, and da 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 da. So I used to wear long skirts, and you know, I just used to try and hide them. Get to my twenties, everyone's like, you got the best legs. I'm like, skirts got shorter, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you give me a chance to wear a short dress, and I'm. But isn't it, isn't it interesting as well, just even within that? Yeah. As soon as the compliments come, instead yeah. of, oh, look, her legs yeah. are bigger than mine, blah, 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 then suddenly there's like this kind of element of... Um, I didn't take it as a compliment. I took it as no. an insult. Yeah. Because I hated the idea that I had bigger legs than the boys. Yeah. Muscular legs, muscular legs than the boys. I thought it was, this is the thing. Instead of seeing it as like now, I see my legs are strong. Yeah, exactly. And the power and like how quick I can be and how fast yes. I can be. And this is going to help me to be. Yeah. I mean, what were you when in I get athletics? Fit, what were you doing? When I go training now, yeah. I feel strong. Mm. It's about feeling strong and fit and flexible and like able. And then I feel good. So when I put my clothes on, I feel better. For more information on how you can bring your happiness back, why not join Rachel's monthly membership or contact her via her website, www.welfordwellbeing.com. Yeah. Like another thing I used to do, I used to not, you know, women women are so guilty of doing this and probably a lot of men, they won't buy the next size up because they're scared because it's a sign of giving in to the fact that they've got bigger. Mm. Your body changes like naturally. The fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, if you bought a bigger size, you'd actually lose weight because you'd feel better about yourself. But while mm. you keep on squeezing into the small things, you look in the mirror and you see someone who's who's too big for their clothes. Yeah, but that just... keep that message keeps going into your head until you think that I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. And actually, if you bought the right size, you'd look really slim. Yeah, it's so interesting. My my mum, when I was a kid, because my sister's a lot skinnier than me, she always has yeah. been, probably always will be. And um, <laughs> shout out, big sis, Em, if you're listening. <laughs> Sit with a little bit of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Skinny bit. the end. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Um, but, you know, my mum used to do exactly that, and she'd always say to me, like, you know, if 
it lets we can always cut the label out it doesn't matter what size it is it's better yeah. that you look good and feel good like that's the main thing yeah. and oh, that's great that that's a that. beautiful message but of course i internalize that as like shame yeah internalize that as as long as nobody knows yeah. how fat i am and i can hide how fat i am then it's okay because as long as i still present yeah as slim or yeah. skinnier than I am I then you, it's man. so fascinating isn't it as you start to yeah. unpick everything if I knew then, yeah if I knew then what I knew now which is great at the things that you say really I mean I'm, do you know what when I had my son I didn't know what I was doing all I knew was all I knew was I didn't want to I, I just wanted him to be clever yeah and I and I and I promised myself never to do that goo goo gaga speak to him like baby talk I just can't get on with it. I, I look nothing against parents that do it, and I'm sorry if it's. But I felt stupid going. Look at the doggy woggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> I was like, no, it's just a dog. Like you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I just felt like it just didn't sit with me, and I didn't feel like I was being authentic to my children. Yeah. So if he asked me a question, I wouldn't just go. If say like he said, if the wise well, Scott, he actually did ask me that one time, and I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I did go and look it up, but like rather than just going the sky's blue because it's like because it's because it is, yeah, it'd be like I'd give it an answer, I'd give the best answer that I knew at the time, obviously with the knowledge I had at yeah. the time. I'd always like try to give full answers, and I and I really put it in. So I set this intention to have a really bright boy, and do you know what? He's so bright. He used to read the encyclopedias and stuff like this, right? And he's oh my to make. God. He used to read encyclopedias. He used to take things apart and uh, build them back together, but always not, not always as they, they started. But <laughs> the matter is, it, it was an inquisitive mind. You know yeah, I mean? I yeah. used to go to places like, um, you know, that uh, the marine world and stuff, and I'd, I'd be looking at an animal, and he'd go, oh, that's the such and such, and, he'd be, and I'd be like looking at him thinking, I'd quickly go and check the card. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was like, he'd be right. He'd be, because he, he, he was such a, he, he was such a, I just saw him as his sponge. So I just gave him so much knowledge. Um, but I didn't know what else to do. And, and you see now, now that I know what I know now, this is where the divine feminine mm. would have come in more. I filled him with the, the divine masculine. There was an imbalance. Mm. I didn't, didn't understand. I did try in the sense of like giving him, you know, trying not to do gender toys, you know, making him have a dustbin and brush and all that. But to be honest with you, that wasn't enough because that's superficial. That's on the surface. Mm. The divine feminine and masculine is in, is in, in the inside. And if you mm. don't know enough about that yourself, if I that's the one thing. If I was to go back, those are the things I would really focus on with them over everything and above, helping them to balance out the divine feminine and masculine in them because that's what helps you be a balanced human being. I mean, for people that are listening to this and they might be thinking like, I don't know what you're talking about when you say divine masculine, sacred yes. masculine, divine, uh, divine feminine. How, in your personal opinion, like through your work, how would you define that? Because I also, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a caveat in that as well, because sometimes, and this is my own judgment, so apologies, because yeah. there will be people that are friends of mine that 
in this category probably <laughs> um and it is totally my own judgment I'm, I'm accepting full responsibility for my own judgment but like sometimes in the spiritual world when yeah. people start talking about the divine feminine or whatever like, yeah, to, be honest, <laughs> to be honest like i get a bit turned off by it and i'm like Ugh. and then there's another part of me that's like oh that's probably my own internalized thing because yeah. i've always lived in my masculine and i find yeah. it very difficult to go into my feminine so maybe there's sure. part of me that's like floaty skirts and like i love it so i'd love to know like what's your kind um yeah i was just gonna so the divine feminine and divine max masculine are energies in your body in the same way that i i I, this is how i've been referring to them because i'm still new in the study right but the same way you have you have your chakras yeah with your crown you you, uh, third eye you've got your throat and yeah. you know they keep going down they're all tied to certain attributes in your your personality character building or whatever yeah and when they're out of balance you yeah. you, you feel it you feel it somewhere like I I when I was growing up I had real problems with being heard mm. and I ended up having a thyroid problem when I got to my late 20s right I had, I had a hypothyroidism, yeah, and I and and I'd have a. They said to me that I could have an operation, which would make make me might make me lose my voice, which I didn't do. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Because in meta health, right? This is a, I'm fascinated by all this stuff because yeah. when you think about it, I was not heard, mm. and so what your body has developed is the ability to remove your voice because you're not heard anyway. Yeah, it's see what I mean? Fascinating, isn't and it, it was mad because. So I, there were different options to, to treating it and I chose not to do that one. And I believe that that was a very good choice mm. because if, if, if knowing what I know now about how things work, I may have lost my voice because yeah. that would be the, that would have been the sum end of, well, because it's all the solution, that. right? I'm not right, heard. Right. I'm not heard. So what's yes. the solution to not being heard? The solution is to take away the voice and then it doesn't matter that you're not heard anymore because you That's don't it. have the ability to speak anymore. So it's a solution. Yeah, and this is exactly. what I find so fascinating about yeah. the body and yeah. energetics is it's all, you know, what's often seen as the problem in inverted yeah. commas it's yeah. often a misguided solution absolutely of yeah. the body you know trying to find its yeah. own way to a solution for, to help yeah. you yeah so i so that's why i see when i so when i talk about the divine feminine and the divine maximum i keep going to go maximum <laughs> divine maximum, maximum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i divine need some maximum. of that i need some of that in my life i want some divine maximum <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> moving on very quickly. <laughs> so um I see them that that people see them as and uh, they attribute them to people's genitals. They think the masculine mm. is about having the feminine is about having a fanny. Yeah. It's not. It's not. We have it in all they're they're balancing all of us. And what you have to understand is the same way with chakras, if they're imbalanced it will make your character go more one way or the other way. Mm. So the divine masculine is very useful because the divine masculine is the logical side, mm-hmm. the side that helps you when you need to be boundaried. It's the side yeah. that helps you to get things done, you know, not be woolly about it. Mm. Sometimes, you know, click, 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 click. Yeah. Which is good for you sometimes. Yeah, like say family, what you mean. Ask yeah, for what yeah. you want. Yeah, that's, that, that's that what it is. It's that power that kind of like 
helps you in the workplace and you got to get along you know in the 80s yeah. all the women started wearing shoulder pads because they wanted to be like they went like too men. far they went to be but this is they went to mm. the yeah, too far they th- they went they thought that they had to let rid of the divine feminine in order to get on because that's how they were made to feel because it was in a yeah. patriarchal such a i mean it was worse then right mm. now the divine feminine is more about the softly softly mm. the love the kind of patience the emotions yeah. the one where you're allowed to let yourself cry the one where you'll actually be vulnerable mm. now you need that in your life you need that because if you can't be vulnerable you kind of limit yourself to what you can really get. Mm. Um, and people find this hard to understand because they think it means, they think of being vulnerable in the sense of the term, as in yeah. when something's vulnerable, it's weak. But when we're talking about it in this context, mm. being vulnerable is like a strength. It's saying, I open my heart to you so that you can come in. It's very powerful. If you do that with someone, you've given them quite a big thing. Now, mm. true, they can take it and do something bad with it. But if you do that, if you make that connection with the right person, that is a really wonderful connection because then you mm. water each other and it's lovely and it's balanced. So, but I guess yeah, when I talk that... about the... Oh, huh? sorry, go on, go on. So, yeah, so just basically when I'm talking about the divine feminine and the divine ma- masculine, I'm talking about people... I mean, I do my work is mainly with women, but I do have a son. So I do think about these things, you know, mm. um, and me and him, we, we talk a lot. I think he, I think he had, a, he was having a disagreement with someone about something and he went, no, he says, I live with my mom. He says, there's no, and he was like, he was, he was arguing on like strong women and stuff like that. He was like, no. No, he says, I live with my mum, so I definitely know that I'm not being that way because of how he's, it resonates with him. Mm. But so it's important for me to know that. And it's important for me to see that from his point of view, because when you've got a son, you, no matter what you put into them, the world tells him he's got to be hard, he's mm. got to be strong, he's got to be. And I think it's very difficult, especially for young black boys yeah. trying to survive and, and navigate themselves around places where everybody's just, just angry yeah so they've got to they've got to be you know do do whatever so um i think he's starting to get into that side of himself though which is nice but for me this that's why i do the work with women so much because i just i was a doormat Mm. i had that divine feminine thing down to i had spades of it I was a yes person, not a yes person. And yes, I'm going to go and have it. Yes, as in, okay, just never say no to anybody because it's, I want to be their friend or because I want to be in or um, want to be like being scared that, that I wasn't enough. I'm mm. um, scared that I wasn't going to be, excuse me, I wasn't going to be liked if I didn't do what people wanted, you know? So that, that made me a doormat. Yeah. And that being, being a doormat, that made me enter into relationships that were very abusive. Um, yeah um, it's difficult though isn't it because when we're taught that the feminine to be feminine is to accept um unwanted attention to accept um you know people in our space where they're not wanted like i always think about this now because i remember reading a blog post this isn't my um personal Thing. I read a blog post. I wish I remember who it's from. If somebody knows, then tell me and I happily tag them because it was a really good blog post. And it was about a woman that had a daughter mm-hmm. 
who was maybe like two two years old you know kind of like toddler age and granddad had gone over and gone to give her a cuddle and mm. you know little girl had been like uh you know <laughs> get off granddad or whatever like how out of the mouth of babes whatever and he was like give your granddad a hug you know or whatever and this is a kind of situation that i imagine lots of people can resonate with whether it was your granddad whether it was your auntie whether it was you know so and so neighbor or whatever as a child often we were made to kiss and cuddle people that yeah. maybe we didn't want to for whatever yeah. reason uh, sloppy kiss whatever right and anyway the, the mum said to the granddad like hey dad you know she doesn't want you to touch her today yeah can you stop and he's like got really offended and was like, what do you mean I can't even cuddle my own granddaughter, you know, or whatever? Because obviously, he's not meaning what he's doing with mm. malice at mm. all, right? Yeah. He's, he's trying to show, I yeah. love you, I care for yeah. you, I'm trying to be your, I'm your granddad, I'm going to show you that I love you, right? Yeah. So it's not coming from a place of malice or abuse yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. But what the little girl's learning in that moment is, I've told you no. I've told but you that I don't yeah. want you to touch me, but I've then been culturally taught that it's rude yeah. and impolite for me to set a boundary around yeah. what I want to accept as yeah. touching yeah. or or whatever yeah. in in these moments. And she and she was like, I wanted to teach her that she has full autonomy over her body. And I've really noticed it with my nephews, like how I behave around them compared like since reading this article, compared to how I probably would have behaved before. Like if I go to pick them up or if I'm gonna cuddle them or if I'm putting them, you know, yeah. Like, w whatever I'm doing, I always ask them for permission. Can yeah. I give you a cuddle today? Can I give yeah. you a kiss today? And sometimes they say no. And you know what? Yeah. It kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, they're super cute. I want to cuddle them, right? They're, my, they're, like, they're not going to be that big for, for long, you know? But... I don't force them. I always respect yeah. their space. And I was, and then yeah. I'll say to them as well, if you want one later, you can come and get one later. I'm not rejecting yeah. you either. I'm not then yeah. going to be yeah. like, oh, yeah. well, you didn't want one earlier. It's like, if you want to yeah. cuddle later, you can come and sit and on my knee And this is what whatever. we teach you all the time. As a woman, I understand how I have to navigate the world to feel safe in a patriarchal society. Yeah. You know, I, I can't park my car where I want at night. I have to park near where it's light and near where I know I can get to and from the car park easily. I have to carry my keys in my fist sometimes. I, I've definitely walked past my fucking house because I yeah. thought I was being followed and I didn't want someone to know where I live, right? All that kind of shit that makes yeah. me angry about yeah. the way that I have to be in the world as a woman... Yeah. How, as a white woman, can you not understand then, in a, in terms of race, how fucked up that is? That there's people that are having, you know, the same experience that we're having as a woman, but also on top of that, yeah. the racial injustice on on yeah. top of it yeah. as well. And it kind of like, I don't know, it really. <laughs> yeah, because this it is makes the thing. Me someone, someone said to me, um, there's this thing where people are like strong black woman, strong black woman, strong black woman. But you think that's an empowering statement, right? But do you know what it is? It's saying that black women are stronger. They don't need the same amount of support and help. It's not, do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you say strong black woman, the implication is that because I'm a strong black woman, I can cope with more. I can mm. deal with more. And, and, and actually this happens 
this happens uh, to young black girls in schools where they are they are they're seen as more capable, and so then they get less help. Mm. They don't get you know what I mean. If there's an argument, they're gonna get they're gonna get you know whatever. Mm. So I think that the thing with the sexuality thing, what what bring it back to like the, the goddess of in and how mm. that work has evolved. It's like. As I said to you, when I the ethical slut, it's like being called a slut is a is a to, to most people a really negative thing. Mm. And when I read ethical slut, I'm like, I'm an ethical slut, right? Because what it is is, I'm just confident and happy mm. with my sexuality, and happy to have relationships, and happy to do what I feel like doing when I want to do it. I don't feel like I have to make an excuse. I don't feel like just because I've dressed really nice that you that means it I'm gonna I'm there I'm, you have I'm out I'm out for you know I'm out for the you know for taking mm. no not necessarily not necessarily and even if I do flirt with you it doesn't mean to say I want to do anything with you anyway mm. do you know what I mean I own that yeah and I don't feel like I don't feel like I have to kind of pander to to some guy's ego mm. do you know what I mean just because I've been like you know like Oh, it makes me cringe when people call me someone I don't know. I don't even like it. I don't want anyone I know to call me Bay. And I, hope, <laughs> and I would like that this is when this goes out. Anyone that just don't call me Bay, please. I'm gonna make that it your nickname my, from now on. It makes on. my ears bleed. Oh, I'm, I'm like, changing you in my phone. <laughs> Bay. Don't forget to meet us over on YouTube for the uncut video version and additional content of all episodes. You can find the link in the description. <laughs> Especially when I found out what it meant. Do you know what it means? No. Before anybody else. Oh, stop it. Oh! <laughs> That's what it means! When I, do you know, I say hate being called Bay, right? I thought and it was, I was short like, for Babe. Does... No, oh I looked it up before, before anybody else. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when love... some guy goes to me, Bay, I'm like, yeah, before <laughs> anyone else. Like, he's like... now going to put you before anyone else, even though he's just met you. <laughs> Please, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I just want, I just want to go slap. Yeah. Well, I don't, obviously, because that would be violent and assault. Well, but, <laughs> yeah, that's but, the um, only reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I hate it. It makes me creep. It makes it's like my ears bleed. It makes my teeth hurt. It's like, ugh, I hate that. And it's so weird. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I say things like babe and hun, you know what I mean? Those yeah. are like people say that. I say that interchangeably with male and female. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a, a, a male or female thing. It's more like a term of, of you know. But yeah, when people, and, and the other day, oh God. <laughs> this guy went, all right, boo. I was like, <laughs> I just thought, if you knew how, like, if I was interested in you, if you realise that, that that has just gone... Yeah. <laughs> like, just because I find those things so... Like, they make me cringe because it's the assumption that because you're an attractive female mm-hmm. and you, 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 you embrace your, your, your feminine wiles, for want of a better word, 
and you, you're confident sexually and you don't mind being like going out and just doing whatever you feel like doing it's the assumption that I'm your I'm I must be your type of girl like I, you know I'm, I'm a lad you know I'm for the taking I you know if I call her bae and boo and all this foolishness she's gonna feel sweet and like you know because she's a sweet girl and mm. sweet girls like to be called those sickly names mm. and she's gonna be full for me and I'm just gonna be like this big masculine man I'm like <laughs> yeah but, but then so, when you've the got is, that though, mix of masculine in yourself yes like in terms is, of that then you don't necessarily, and I'm not saying that we don't need men. I don't want to put that message out there at all because I think that, um, you know, yeah. there's a lot of this <laughs> kind of narrative, which I do. There's part of me, I do feel kind of sorry for, from, I know that a lot of people are probably going to jump on me for this as well, but I think in the same way that I've had to massively look at my yeah. own internalised misogyny, stuff around race that, you know, yeah. I've been yeah. really shocked at just culturally and the system. Yeah. And I know that's yeah. like blind because I'm lucky to live in a society where my skin colour gives me privileges that other people don't have, right? But when you actually have to look at that and start to go, oh, shit, fuck, okay. And I think it must be if you've lived in a patriarchal society for your whole life and suddenly that is being dismantled in various ways... Yeah it's kind of difficult while there's this um, rebalancing going on, right, of yeah. power, of, yeah. like, where do I fit? And I think so yeah. we do kind of need men, but I think the way that they come... Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I think that's what, so, that's kind of, makes it so difficult to... That's part of what the divine feminine and the divine masculine is about, though. That's, yeah. that's the whole point of it, you see. The whole point of it is to understand that yeah. To understand both of them so that we're not doing this stuff. Like, listen, yeah. I as much as I'm joking about with like these guys, these these other guys at the Bay and the Bugo, um, <laughs> that, that, as they shall now forever be known. Um, yeah, so um I but in in a relationship, I can be very uh like I like I like the strength mm. of character of a man. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I I, I even though I'm strong, but I, I tend to meet people who like now, now mm. then. But now I meet guys who like stronger, stronger like women mm. who've got a sense of strength about them. So, so the balance of the divine feminine and maximum is there, and yeah. masculine is there. So it's not so bad. It's not so bad now. But when I was younger, I thought I had to be the feminine, I had to be the masculine, and I was mm. picking guys that had they their sacred masculine was 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 over um, not balanced. Over yeah. there, there was an imbalance. They had too mm. much of it. And not enough feminine, masculine, their feminine divinity. Yeah. So then, so then they became, but they were bullies, and you know they didn't, you know, for whatever reason, you know, history was just repeating itself. So yeah. And that's how I kind of that's what the thing is about the goddess of Eden. It's like that's why the first retreat I did was more about empowerment in general. Yeah. But now I found that the focus has become more. It's become become more. The focus has got more streamlined. Yeah. And it's about divinity. That's why this one's about divinity, because I want to explore that with people who have a lack somewhere in their, somewhere in their back. They have it because usually when people have a problem in their life, the problem is just like the surface. Mm. That's just not really what the problem is. Yeah. You've got to kind of dig, go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you go down to the levels and then you see where the real issue mm. is and why they're triggered to behave a certain way. 
Yeah, there's always so that's, a reason. So that's why, yes, yeah, so that's why the, the 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 questions I ask in the in the in the um, ad for it is about you know what what do you you know those those things that are happening in your life. There's an underlying, there's something yeah. underlying that you need to look the at. Why? And I really do believe it's a lot to do with the imbalance of divine feminine and divine masculine because mm. a balance of those two help you to make you make better decisions in life and develop your life in a way mm. that would be, um, you know, live your best life. You know, you live your yeah. best life. Yeah. And I wish there was a better way of saying that because you know, I, know, like, I want to hate, hate that a lot, but I kind of hate it because I'm like, I hate you. Sometimes like... I hate you easily, but I'm like, that's actually really good. It's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I go to write, live your life how you would like it to probably be or something like that. But I'm like, nah, just write it, live your best life. You know, that's what you want to say. Yeah. It's <laughs> hard, it's, isn't it? You're it, like, it's, I don't want to sound like an inspirational poster, yeah. but also live your best life, babe. <laughs> Yeah, 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 just chuck it in there. Live your best life, yeah? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this conversation has gone wild. I knew it would. Um, but, I mean, I would love to know, like, what one thing do you wish you'd known? Like, before you knew about, like, divine feminine, divine masculine, like, before you got into all the alchemy and the energy yeah. and being super passionate around, like, women's sexual empowerment and maybe, yeah. you know, those times when you had those experiences that made you maybe feel more like you know a doormat yeah. I'm using your words <laughs> would obviously yeah yeah yeah, yeah um, but you know it's like what well, yeah what would you wish that you'd known is there even one thing because I imagine on that you know what it's so funny because I, I put a status up on my whatsapp today and I reckon that's that's what I would have said that you are enough oh yes that's what I would have told my younger self you're enough a thousand times over you're enough Wow. That's what I would have told myself. I feel like that I, just literally went poof into I know, my heart I actually then. felt I actually felt that myself. That's weird. I didn't I felt a bit like felt like a bit of a halo come up there quickly. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mate, no, that's always joking. there I, around it felt, you. It felt it felt like it felt like because I do when I um when I do stuff like this, I always like before I started the session with you, I sort of tune in and call into my ancestors, yeah. my person, my higher self to help me come to here to work do this with you and yeah. you know channel that and I just felt really channeled when I said that that felt really yeah that was powerful I, I, I do really the same like um someone I spoke to earlier in the week when I was recording there was like oh what's your intention for the podcast and I was like every time before I record I always just ask the intention that whatever this conversation however this conversation can be for the highest great highest good of the people that are going to listen to it that's, oh, that's, that's like my intention yeah. you know yeah. always and sometimes it's not difficult but you know like talking about certain things like I've talked about everything on this podcast from like trying to kill myself to like sex stuff you know sex drugs well sorry mum <laughs> all that <laughs> stuff you know and sometimes yeah. you do you get like a shame hangover or you think oh shit did I say that in the right way or like you know especially at the moment talking about certain topics it's like oh there's a lot of heightened you know um cancel culture and all this kind of stuff and it's like I I have to trust that I'm not always going to get it right. I know that already. No. Anyone that kn knows me knows that I don't think nobody I know, is. Know nobody is. And if anyone or, thinks that, then they're, they're there probably needs don't to know. be space to learn and grow. And so you just have to put out what is now 
And yeah. it might be that I listen back to this in a year's time or six months' time and I think, oh, fuck, man, why did you say that? That's a fucking load of shit or whatever. <laughs> because you've got a different viewpoint. You yeah. learn something new, right? I know. Like, it's, yeah. you just got to do what it is in the moment and trust yeah. that, okay, yeah. whatever this is that I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing it with the best of intentions for the greatest and highest good of all the people that can hopefully yeah. come and listen to this and get inspired by the people that I talk to and maybe yeah. me as well and think, oh, you know what? Like, you know, that's a mad story from Gina. Like, oh, she's learning all about this stuff. I want to go research that now. Yeah. I want to yeah. go, you know, it's it's powerful. And yeah, you are enough, man. That's what I would have told my, I tell you what I could have done with hearing that so much when I was younger. I could have done with that. That would have been, that would have been amazing to hear. And I never, because I never felt enough. I never did growing up. I never felt good enough. I never felt whatever enough. It was always, that was always something wrong. Mm. Do you think it would have landed though? Like, this is a thing that I always wonder. Like, if someone had consistently (laughs) said to you, like, oh, do you know what, Regina? Like, you, you're enough, you're enough. There's some research to say that every child needs at least one adult in their life who's absolutely balmy about them, crazy about them, yeah. right? And that's all they need. And, and, and I, listen, I was like that with my kids, right? Yeah, good. <laughs> and that's when I, my daughter, right? She asked me, this was so funny. One time she said to me, she asked me something, if something looked good or something. And I was like, yeah. She went, mum, really though? Because she said, you think everything I do is great. Like, can you just... Can you be objective? Like, really? And I'm like, no, it really is. <laughs> so yeah. it's quite a funny thing. But I still I still wouldn't change that. No. Because I think that actually by me doing that, it has it has it has landed. Because as they get older, you see that they you see the lessons have landed. Yeah, and I, I think it's and so it's, it's, it's not in, it's like when I told you I got this book called Don't Give It Away. Mm. She said to me, Mom, when you gave me that book, I was a bit confused if I'm honest with you. She said, I used to look at it and um, she said, I used to read it. It's <laughs> so funny because it, it's like a workbook. You can go back to it yeah. over the years. It's, you, you, you grow with it. Yeah. And you answer. So she said to me, she said, I never, when, when you first gave it to me, she said, I was a bit like, eh? Mm. But I did the, I did it and she said, I kept it. She goes, and, and as she got older, the stuff that she wrote, she'd go back and read it and reflect on it and it'd help her grow. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, okay, I need to... <laughs> <Was> <laughs> it to... Oh, wow, yeah, we probably chatted away. But what I would love to know as well mm-hmm. is people that are listening to this and, you know, I imagine loads of people listening to this just feel the same way that I do about you and are like, how do I get more of Gina in my life? So <laughs> how do they, like, I know obviously we're doing a retreat together in, in, in September. I'll be doing the sound and you'll be doing all the coaching and stuff. And yeah. I mean, the last one that we did... I just, oh, it was so, I know, you know, obviously I don't want it to sound like a sales pitch, but genuinely, like I would, if, if I wasn't working there, I would pay and go anyway, because it was just so good. And I came away from it feeling like I learned so much, you know, in such a short space of time. And yeah. it's such a beautiful, I remember laying in that hammock and everyone thought it was mad. Oh. It was like spitting. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going anywhere. And then yeah. Like, I know it was lovely. It was so, so nice. How do people yeah. find out more about you? More about the goddess? Because um, um, also, just to c- clarify, because you've got obviously the retreats, goddess yes. retreats, but then you do the sleepovers and yes. also the sex positive workshops. So just let everyone know, like, yeah, you know. So the sex positive workshops are are in the day. Um, they were they were held in in venues. So we and we have a nice lunch. And we used to talk about all different things, um, just different top subjects, topics, and the key that each week, uh, each each um, workshop 
is to be themed on each different topic, some, something that will be of use to people. I mean, we, we can veer off the subject. It's not a problem because we talk about everything. <laughs> bit and like the, this podcast recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Love and it. then the, the goddess sleepover, that's a that's kind of like a grown-up woman's sleepover. So you come comfy um, we, we and we talk about really intimate things that are just things that you don't usually feel comfortable talking about. And the point of having it as a sleepover, my my thought process behind it was I had a really lovely suite so that we're really like taking care of nice food. And it's a really, really chilled, relaxed setting because you're staying mm. over and you're just chatting. Nice. Um, there's a bit of it, there's an element of it that is a bit workshoppy because um, I did I did do it co- in collaboration with people. So you have to have a time limit. Yeah. But then we had, obviously, then you could... Um, then we would talk and then we just talk informally. Don't very- you think that's the thing though as well? Like when you, me and my best friend were talking about this the other day about how like she's married now and like, you know, as we get older, like when we were younger, we would have like these little sleepovers and there might be three of us in the bed or whatever, just chatting, yeah. you know how it is like, with, you know, you've been on a night out or whatever. And then you, yeah. something happens around that, like being in your PJs, lights down, you know, nighttime, yeah, I don't know. The energy's different. Like Very you different. feel more like open, maybe to talk and be open in that environment. And you're not you're not sat in a in a room in chairs, you know. Yeah, like in a boardroom or something. I mean, in, even in even in the, the the workshops, I try to find places that are comfortable. So it's like having yeah. a coffee with your friend in a coffee shop. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of feel I want for the that I have and yeah. that I wanted for the workshops. But for the sleepovers, it really had to be. That, that feeling of like us all in together, you know, having mm. a sleepover, drinking Prosecco and eating nice food and, yeah. and talking about things that, you know, that you wouldn't talk about. And it, that, that, yeah. that, that kind of situation and scenario gets you talking about things that you just wouldn't talk about. Yeah. Ever. And this is it's just, things- it just gives you that. It just done, And it's, it's all done, you know, it's all safe, safe space, yeah. confidential. There's nothing, nothing is filmed. I mean, I might take some pictures people are happy for just so that people can see the setup yeah, yeah yeah but there's nothing there's nothing film like it's not there's no it's all private and confidential mm. there's nothing like that so you can talk about anything so that's why i did that and then um, obviously i do the one-to-one coaching which is a, a longer it's sort of working with people one-to-one on on you know just getting real deep with them yeah um what they something they might have something specific i i kind my my thing is um helping women to find bliss in their lives Mm. whether in their, in their sex life their relationships work you know just in general like mm. you can find a way to be like uh you know just blissful and also just i forgot to mention i do the radio show now i think oh, yeah. i don't know when i don't know when this is going out but at the moment i'm doing a radio show eight um at 8 a.m every morning on a scott talk but you can f- I, I send you all the information i don't know yeah the links will all be underneath yeah, this as well yeah, so people can come and yeah find so you. i'll send you all of that um but uh, yeah and obviously you can find me on facebook as gina genie <laughs> gina genie gina genie and um and you can find me on insta as gina g Oh, thanks for being here and thanks everyone for listening. As always, I will speak to you all again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as Rachel enjoys making this podcast. Why not share it with a friend in need of some heartwarming inspiration? And if you really love it, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people. Thanks for listening.
You have totally got this.